2021 comes to the end with a loss for the Phoenix Suns, which if you think about it is quite ironic. It's not something that they really did very much of during the calendar year of 2021. The Phoenix Suns in all the games that they played this season ended with a record of 88 and 35 for the entire season. That's right. The entire season, or I'm sorry, the entire calendar year, starting from January 1st from last year to December 31st today. Yep. 35 times. I think John is frozen, so I'll just come on and jump in. I, <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't stop laughing. This whole thing with the uh, internet is hilarious. Um, but I didn't know if I was dressing up for a funeral tonight or end of the year party. So let's get this on Jam Sessions podcast started. I think that uh, a lot of you might be drinking already early this morning, but right now. I'm not because I have to drive later. You got to be safe, right? I'll be partying tonight. I don't know if I'll be wearing this ensemble with the bow tie. Eddie Johnson had it on tonight, so I had to match him. But let's go ahead and pop one open and get this podcast started and see if John can join us. As I find this is so much fun, huh? All right, there we go. All right, Celtics beat the Suns 123-108. to One of those games really early on where it's just like, is this really going to go this way the whole game? Yeah, pretty much did. Usually you want to have your, your team hang in there and see if Devin Booker or Chris Paul can heat up enough to get your team on top and towards the end of the game. But it wasn't really even a factor tonight. Honestly, the one thing I was looking at towards the end of the game was can we get it to 12 or 15 points by the six minute mark or see if book can come in and get hot? Absolutely not. At seven minutes, they were down by 16 with book back in the game. They couldn't get it going and book could not make a shot, but it's just one of those games where it's just like if Chris Paul or Devin Booker gets hot, then they have a chance, but didn't happen. Cameron Johnson had a great game tonight. That's one thing that we'll probably talk about later in the game. So I'm going to actually wait to see if, uh, if John can get back on tonight and see if this pod can get back to normal. But how do I look tonight, right, Jamsters? How do I look? Do I look okay? Is this a little weird? Is this a little Chippendales issue? I have uh, the jacket on over it, so it's a little bit more classy. We can actually get a poll going right now if you want. Who wore it better, me or AJ or EJ, my stepdad? Ugh, it's tough. I know. I look pretty sexy. But, uh, yeah, sons, do lose tonight, and it's uh, unfortunate to end the year this way, even though the sons have won a lot this year, like John brought up earlier before he was exited from the podcast. Uh, let's just go through the, the names, actually. Mikhail Bridges. Jeez. Oh, if we want to talk about him, there you are, John. All right. I was going through random shit, but you want to just restart? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sun's Jam Session podcast. I did the intro, and I did didn't have a beer Did you pop open crack. a beer? No. Let's just restart, because I did not have a beer to crack. Do you have one? Are you drinking something right now? 
Can't you see? Yeah. Just tell me you can see. I can see you. Is it's that a Mai Tai. Actually, is it liquor, though? Oh, it's shit. a Mai Tai. Already at 2 o'clock, I brought up, I'm like, maybe <laughs> people are drinking out there right now, but I have to drive to your place later tonight. This is true. So, this is true. Yeah. Should we redo the pod? Or should we, like, redo the intro? Or are we good to go? No, nah, you already Let's did the intro. You know, it's uh, it. I think that the dispod discombobulation that i'm experiencing relative to wi-fi and don't get me wrong one i did look up my cox bill it was like 80 bucks a month okay uh, okay i that's, thought it was 30 um yeah exactly at least it's acceptable but it's designed to have like three to five devices connected to it so after our last podcast i actually went in and upgraded my internet to something that would have the capacity to withstand nine devices uh they're in the process of like sending me some setup equipment so I can do it myself. So I can have nice internet, if you will, to conduct this podcast. Uh, but it's, it's funny because you take a look at all the devices, you know, you go on like your Cox Wi-Fi app and see everything that's connected. And it's like Nintendo switch and PS4 and three TVs and five iPhones, and three Apple watches and a nest and a partridge and a pear tree. I was like, good freaking God. Yeah, too much stuff connected. We're too reliant on our Wi-Fi here at the Void of Household. Well, if this podcast is going anything like the game, uh, it's going to be a rough next uh, 45, 55 minutes. No, it'll be nice and easy because, again, Matthew, you came looking ever so dapper. You got the bow tie on. I do. Yeah. Fantastic. Ready for the new year. Ready to get rid of 2021. Say peace out. And say welcome to 2022. Uh, as I was mentioned at the top of the pod, it's unfortunate that the Phoenix Suns ended such a fantastic year the way that they did in a game that, you know, if if I'm going to throw it out there for you, Mister Mister Bowtie over there, Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Sometimes it just is what it is. I mean, this was a shit show, wasn't it? It absolutely was, but it's still it's still scary um, for other teams to play the Suns. I know in the NBA it's never really over till it's over, but the Suns still had chances, right, to get back in the game. I brought up when you actually exited the podcast. I brought mm, up the fact willingly. that if Booker could maybe get hot because he was still looking for his shot, if he can get hot and his team can maybe get down to fifteen or twelve with five minutes left, then you have a shot. He came back in with seven minutes left, and then I think they were down by sixteen or so. And it seemed like they had kind of a little bit of a momentum, but Booker couldn't get the shot to go down. Chris Paul had an absolute terrible night tonight, too. So them combined, when you're looking for scoring, and all you really have is Cameron Johnson tonight really helping out in that department, it's going to be hard to win any game, right? I mean, even with DeAndre Ayton in the game, if that was a factor, defensively, they would have grabbed the boards, of course, mm-hmm. on the offensive boards, defensive boards, he would have helped there. But just finding an extra score was difficult. And you're trying to ask Devin Booker and Chris Paul to do it, which they should have came out and been more effective. But it just was something that was never going to catch on all, all day. I think yeah. I said night like five times, and we are <laughs> – it's daytime. My window's open, so I should know it's day. <laughs> well, quick shout out to uh, one of our elite jamsters. Give it up to Sonia Lovato. Uh, she's throwing down yes. $10 in the super chat. She says, here, Voida, first contribution towards some better Wi-Fi, LOL. Happy New Year's <laughs> Eve. I appreciate that very much, Sonia. Clearly, I need some better Wi-Fi. I think I'm coming through a little bit faster today because I literally turned off Wi-Fi to every other device. I think that's why I cut out earlier is I actually cut off the Wi-Fi to this device. Even though I'm hardwired in, I don't know. Uh, but, you know, th- this is a game that I felt like the odds were clearly stacked against us to begin with. 
you know that you don't have DeAndre Ayton. You know you don't have Monty Williams. You know you don't have Jay Crowder. And then you hear that JaVale McGee is going to be out, and you're like, fuck. We have no front line. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sticks played well, and we're going to talk about him on the Sticks report here momentarily. But there was no one truly to back him up. There was no depth outside of, you know, because Cameron Johnson playing the four, Cam's a perimeter four. He's not an interior four who's going to help grab some rebounds. So, so many times, Sticks was all on his own on the block. And unfortunately, that equated to a ton of points in the paint for the Boston Celtics. They scored 64 of their 123 points in the paint compared to the Suns' 46. And they out-rebounded the Suns 51-37. to They had a plus-14 advantage in that department. And to your point, you know, you needed Devin Booker. You needed the Suns' scores to be effective, to be sharpshooters today. And when Devin Booker shoots 7 for 26 in a game, 1 for 5 from deep, and ends with 22 points, guess what? You're, you're not going to win that game. It's not going to happen. And you're right. Yeah, they had an opportunity to kind of get it close and, you know, get it down to 13. And, you know, it just it felt so much like the old Phoenix Suns trying so hard to just get it within seven, get it within 10, get it within 12. We got a shot. And that's kind of the mentality we had to fall back into today, because right off the bat, I mean, the Suns were down 12 after the first quarter. It was 32 to 20. And it was just, you know, Booker went, what, two for 10 in that first quarter? It was it was over before it even began. And then it was just this slow burn all night long watching the Boston Celtics uh, do what whoever the fuck we played last time was, uh, the, the Thunder, do what the Thunder did. And I was like, oh, we can just attack the basket at will anytime we want and, and uh, you know, get the shots that we want. And you couple that with the fact that unlike the Thunder and the reason the Suns beat the Thunder was – they couldn't hit any three pointers. The uh, the Boston Celtics went what ten for twenty seven from three, thirty seven percent. So I mean, uh, and a lot of those came in those initial runs. The Suns actually ended with more threes because they were jacking up at the back end of the game. But it was a game where they were running in quicksand the whole time. I mean, I know that they outscored the the Boston Celtics thirty six to thirty three in the third and thirty one to twenty three in the fourth, and they still lost by the margin they did. Yeah, when you're asking like a Mikael Bridges really to back up on the boards. It's not going to happen because he, and especially in this game, a lot of the players are just getting by him. Jalen Smith, of course, or Jalen Brown was getting by him. But even like the lesser players on that team, they just had an easier time getting by Mikael Bridges. That was one thing that you kind of hoped that he can like hold those guys to the perimeter, you know, cut them off, maybe some help defense. And speaking of help defense, EJ brought up at the end of the third, maybe they can go to a zone, but it looked like they hit the zone a little bit early before the fourth. It seemed like it, but then when you're when you're playing the zone, you have Devin Booker and you have um, Cameron Payne or the other guard down there <laughs> in the paint trying to help out on boards or even cut off any kind of driving uh, layup, it's not going to work. So you couldn't really go to the zone either, I don't think, because you just don't have the size, and the size isn't there. Cameron Johnson could do the best he can, but they're just not used to the situations where they have to help out on the boards as much and be the focal point of that. And then Devin Booker, when he's playing the way he was playing tonight, it's almost like you don't want to tell him, like, hey, just – pass the ball around and see if someone else can make a shot because you want to see, I wanted to see if he can get high and kind of end the game for the Suns, trying to give them a chance to win. So I didn't mind the shot attempts too much, even though he kept missing. It was just like, maybe get him in rhythm, but he just, he couldn't. And that's, that's fine. I guess. I mean, obviously we lost the game, but I want our superstar to have the opportunity to win the game for the Suns, And that was something that he couldn't do three point wise, but the Celtics did make their threes. 
and it was uh, what is his name? And I'm sure he's going to be uh, Peyton Pritchard, the yeah. Jack Taylor Award. You know, yeah. he's hitting the threes, and he's he on that run they had in the second where he just couldn't miss, even get into the rim a few times. So that was just the way it was tonight, man. And the Celtics just answered every time the Suns made a couple shots in a row. Celtics would answer every time. And and you're right, the Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. Not only does Peyton Pritchard win the Jack Taylor Award because he went four for four from the field, including three of three from deep and 11 points, uh, he looks like Jack Taylor as well. He's kind of like this unassuming, you know, uh, guard who just kind of was pouring it in against the Suns. And and he was kind of, you know, it it felt like every one of the shots that he made kind of to your point, uh, every one of the shots that he made were run killers for the Suns. Suns would put yeah. together back-to-back quality possessions and Peyton Pritchard would hit a corner three and you're just like, well, there it is, you know, and that and that's kind of the story of tonight. And, you know, again, coming into this game, I was expecting you and I to be sitting here having similar conversations following the Suns' loss. I'm not going to lie. I definitely thought that that was going to occur considering that we have no front line, knowing that they have Robert Williams III, who, although he isn't necessarily an offensive uh, stalwart, He's somebody who brings the energy. And as I mentioned, when I was at TD Garden uh, just last month, he seems to kind of be our, you know, the the Boston Celtics version of campaign. He's the energy bringer for that team. And you couple that with the fact that he can make some highlight dunks and get the the crowd going. And he's a, he can be a beast on the boards. And, you know, he was just that tonight. He ended with 10 points and uh, 11 rebounds and 10 assists. So a, a triple double for Robert Williams the third, and he had four offensive boards. I mean, we gave up a triple-double to Robert Williams. You know that coming in, that when you're depleted on your front line, things like that are going to happen, right? Yeah, he was the guy that would have the follow-up dunk or have some big play in the paint that was like just a heartbreaker because even yes. though we were trying to rely on a little bit of a run for the Suns, he was just the guy putting it back in in a triple-double. It's insane because you would never think a guy, I don't know if you've ever had one in his career, but he he's a guy that you would think would not because of assists, right? He he just would find his teammates because the Suns defensively were just so unorganized out of place. A lot of the games where guys were cutting, even Jalen Brown had a few cuts, yeah. but it was easy for them to get to the rim and they just they knew it. And the if as long as they hustled all game, the Celtics, they knew they can get to the line or get to the rim at will. And that's what they that's what they did. And Robert Williams, I didn't even know he had the ten assists. Yeah, I was just looking at the stats and I was just like, holy Toledo. I was like, is that a typo or no? But no, (laughs) I mean, he he found his way against the Suns tonight or today. It's okay. I can't wait tonight. tonight. We we, we get it. We get it. Uh, Shout out to So Serious in the super chat as well. He says, Cam Joe, Mm -hmm. Jersey Fund. Happy New Year. The Suns will rise in 2022. Uh, and, and donated nine dollars and ninety nine cents. So we, we really appreciate that. Jersey's looking that. good now. I should have bought it and sold the high at the yeah. end of the season. You know what I mean? I'm telling you, man. Yeah, that's Cam a, that Cam Johnson stock is definitely rising. You know, he's another yeah. guy who looked fantastic tonight. Uh, to see there, I go, Matthew. Tonight, it's today. It's one forty eight. I'm drinking a mai tai. So who gives a shit? Uh, twenty points for Cam Johnson. Five rebounds. Eight for fifteen from the field and four for nine from three. In, in my personal opinion, outside of sticks, he was probably the most productive member of the Phoenix Suns on uh on, on the offensive end. You know, I mean. Yeah. We we continually couldn't find guys who can knock down shots. And it was Cam Johnson who kind of kept the Suns afloat, I felt like, throughout this game, right? Yeah, he hit a couple threes where it was like the Suns were on the move. But then, of course, the timeout was called. I feel like every time we made a three, mm-hmm. Celtics would call a timeout to cool them off. They, I think they know exactly what Cam Johnson is now. 
that, that he's a guy that's just cannot miss from three. He can get the team back in it with a couple of them in a row. Uh, he did miss a, a wide open one from CP3 later in the game that would have been like a nice three to cut the lead down, I think, to like 11 or even yeah, 10. Yeah. But I mean, it's fine. He he was on the move in the second quarter. I think in the second quarter, he wouldn't stop moving. And that was one thing EJ even brought up where nothing's really working for the Suns offensively. So if you keep moving and you're a big guy like Cameron Johnson. Bingo. You can really do what you want on the floor against the Celtics because I know the Celtics had a little bit more of the size, but Suns are still quick. And I think Cameron Johnson is quick enough to really find himself on the floor in situations that help the Suns out to either finding him on the move to the basket or just, you know, spreading the floor, getting out to the three point line. So Celtics kind of showed the league like, you know, don't <laughs> this guy will get some respect eventually. He will because he's the guy. And EJ, again, I keep quoting him, the bow tie guy tonight. He looked way better than me, by the way. I looked <laughs> nothing, not even close, as good as uh, EJ. But he brought up, too, that Cameron Johnson, he just cannot wait till this year or till he his, hits his full potential because he can do so much. And I was thinking, I texted my friend, I think next year, by the end of this year, we'll know, maybe midseason next year, his full potential, his high, how high his ceiling is. Because you just don't really know because he's just doing so much. And it's just a shame when he plays so well to go to waste because Devin Booker and Chris Paul can't really pick up the slack. But everyone has their off nights, I guess. Yeah, but again, you know, it's it's what you want to see. I mean, yeah, we, they might have lost, but we know that this isn't a losing team, right? Like, we know the yeah. odds are stacked against them. And he's given the opportunity to pr- be a productive member of a first-team unit. And he's executing. I mean, that's nothing but positivity for cam johnson moving forward uh i don't know when he'll reach his potential i still feel like it's a couple years out but he's definitely going to be a guy who's going to be in this league forever and always going to be a solid contributor and is going to make a lot of money in this league too because of everything that he does is translatable to what the modern nba is He, he has size he has speed he has lateral quickness he has shooting he has defensive uh physicality he has defensive prowess i mean he he has a lot of these different tools that allow you to be just in the league forever and I think that you know we're blessed to have him on this team and you know yeah it does suck that we lose on a night in which he puts forth a very solid effort but I thought it was really interesting what EJ said and what you brought up was the moving part of it okay so I'm about to go on a little bit of a rant here you ready for this Matthew I'm used to it (laughs) I love it you know you can on it bet on it bet on it bet on it all right, so before the game, went on Twitter and said, hey, you know, Phoenix Suns, Jamsters, tell me what you think. Landry Shamit over 6.5 points, was minus 120. So I put $120 down that he would hit 6.5 points. Makes perfect sense, right? It's a game where they're offensively depleted. They're going to need somebody to shoot the ball, somebody to put the ball in the basket. Landry Shamit ends with a total of four points tonight, two of five shooting, 0 for 3 from 3. Okay? So I don't I don't care that I lost 120 bucks. It's okay. What's interesting is when you have it's not okay. I needed that for my it's internet. Not that <laughs> but when when you have obviously 120 bucks on the line to win 100 bucks on a guy, you're watching every possession and you're really really into how he's playing. And what I noticed was the exact opposite of what Cam Johnson was doing. He wouldn't move. There were plays where he would just go in the corner and hang out. And there was, there was one play where Devin Booker uh, went left, went to the lane, and he got caught. And he dished it to Landry and it ended up being a turnover. What Landry yeah. Shamit should have done in that moment was cut, was hit, do a baseline cut. 
Give Devin, Devin Booker an option. Give Chris Paul options. It's too many times this guy just goes and stands in the fucking corner. And when you are as depleted as you are, as we talked about, Cam Johnson had an opportunity tonight. Jalen Smith had an opportunity tonight, today, this morning, whatever the fuck. They all had a chance knowing that this team was depleted. Guess what? Landry Shamit has that same opportunity. You're paying him to be that guy. He shoots the ball five times, only five. He makes four points off those five shots. It's unacceptable. It's getting to this point where, you know, I, I and we talked about this on the last pod, but, you know, you're, you're waiting for this guy to kind of grow into a role. He's, he doesn't do any of the things I thought he was going to do. He should be the guy who's always moving around, like Clay Thompson, like Steph Curry. He's the guy who can come in off that second team unit, and because he's only a second teamer, should have all of this hustle and bustle in him, doing back screens, running all the way around the court, trying to make himself available, and even if they're not giving him the ball and he's shooting, he's at least tiring out the, the defense. But what he does is he goes over into the corner, he get he grabs like four pieces of wood, he puts them down, he gets some newspaper, he kind of he twists it up, he puts it underneath that wood, he gets a lighter, a little bit of, you know, and, and he makes a little campfire, and he pulls out the s'mores, and he starts cooking them, he just hangs out there the entire possession, every possession. And then when he finally does get a chance, it's a falling away three or a push three that's short-armed every time. And I'm, mm-hmm. now that I, you know, I was already kind of frustrated with him, right? I was already kind of frustrated. But now I was zoned into him. I'm like, I'm watching Landry Sham at this game because all I need is seven points from the guy. Seven points from Landry Sham. You can't get seven points from Landry Sham when half the fucking team's got COVID? Get out of yeah. here, Landry. You're fucking garbage. You would have what would have been worse is his foot was on the line for that three that was overturned. So he oh, has four four points. So what would have sucked for you is if he would have had six and the toe on the line. Yeah, I think it was a whole foot. Even when he shot them, like his foot was on the line. It's yeah, they're, they're like a, a, a three by Landry. I'm like, well, that was two. So I know that's yeah. four points. And he had like two three pointers where he was wide open that would have made seven points both times. Mm. And he just short arms him. Yeah, you know, and that's, what, that's the only two shots he takes. It's it's ridiculous who this guy is. I, I'm I'm really over the Landry Shamit. Uh, and and I was his biggest his biggest fan coming into this year. I thought he was a perfect. Yeah, we fit all were Phoenix Suns. We were perfect excited fit. about him. And, and when everyone's like, "Well, why are you paying this guy before he's ever played a, a minute for the Phoenix Suns?" Again, I still agree with that because it's a very tradable contract. But he's playing so shitty, you can't trade that contract. Yeah, you know <sighs> what he needs. I think is. Next weekend, or maybe even this weekend, get away, go to like an ayahuasca retreat where you spend three days, <laughs> sip, or maybe five or six days, sipping ayahuasca every night. You can find yourself, get rid of the demons, come back, just have a get rid of that glazed look over your eyes when when you have the ball, when you're on the floor, where you're just so confused of really what you want to do out there. Because I know you're saying to cut when Booker's he's in trouble, but then even like when he does cut and he has the ball. You don't bet on him to ever, ever, ever finish, really. Like, there's, there's, he's just so limited, really, what he can do on the floor. So I like to catch and shoot, but I don't, I don't know what really it, we're asking for him to do more, but then I wanted him to do less. And then when he's doing to less, do something. Yeah. But when he's doing less and like he's doing the catch and shoot threes, then he's just missing them. He's not. I don't know what to expect from him every night. It's just always just nothing. so, so we should random, expect man. absolutely nothing. And because this has become par for the course for Landry Shamit. We thought that we'd have more games where he would put up 14, 15 points off the bench. Again, I, we're mm-hmm. not asking for a bunch from him, but he doesn't do anything. It's like you said, it's, you know, 
I, I do like the catch and shoot threes. That's his role, but he has to navigate to the space to get open for a catch and shoot three. You can't do with that when you're standing there being an absolute zero on offense, which allows the defender to bleed into the, into the paint. And when we don't have yeah. any guys in the paint, now everybody's, you know, every time Chris Paul or Dem Booker's going down there, he's getting a contested shot. Cause two guys got a hand in the face while Landry Shamit's over there. He's doing like a fucking Rubik's cube and he's not getting anywhere near to the mm. end of the Rubik's Cube. He's just like, well, hold on. How do these things even work? You know, it's like, it's He's ridiculous. like the guy the Auburn game, right? Did you see the guy the Auburn yes. game doing a Rubik's yes. Cube in a, in a Barkley jersey? Yes, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah, he was but more productive, he, he, but he right? Gets it, but he gets it done. Yeah, he's more productive. He actually gets it done. Landry Sham is yeah. just sitting there, and it's like, it's no progress. You know, it's just... I'm serious. Again, he needs to do some kind of drugs to get his mind off of this, or maybe... He needs some microdosing or something. Like, go away. He, he does. He needs something, man. You know, maybe We're rooting needs, for you, though, Shamit. Of course I'm rooting for him. We I want him you. to be a productive player for this Phoenix Suns team. Yeah. We need him to be a productive player. But it's just, it's, it's par for the course for him not being... A, a productive member of the Phoenix Sun Society right now, and it's driving mm-hmm. me absolutely bonkers. Uh, so, I mean, again, yeah. I just, you know, it's it's frustrating that in an, in a game in which the Phoenix Suns lose by 15, if he poured some points in there, maybe it would have been a different result. But again, he just, just no, no desire. Just kind of, I'm just going to hang out. You know, I'm just going to mm-hmm. collect my money, and you know, maybe, I, like, I'm going to start writing articles for Bright Side of the Sun and putting on trade rumors for him. You know, but hey, maybe well, James who would Jones want see one of has more value though now, like in that well, okay. guy now it's... that we're going to talk about probably. Yeah, no, this is a right? perfect transition. This is why we're such a good team, Matthew. Stitch report. So here probably, you go. Maybe the other the other side of the coin, right? A guy who has an opportunity with both DeAndre Ayton and uh, JaVale McGee out. So he gets a start tonight, right? Go seven of nine from the field, has seven rebounds, 19 points, one block. And I swear, every time Sticks blocks a guy, he doesn't just block the ball. He like, did you see when he landed on Jalen Brown? Yeah. That was like some WWD coming off the top rope type of shit that he was Mm -hmm. doing there, right? (laughs) It was. And his blocks, the timing's good. He does get all his body up above the rim almost to block every shot. He seems like he's always up in the air. He's leaving him, himself out there to hang. I actually thought a few times because he was kind of hurting the Celtics players by his moves down low. <laughs> yeah. Get the blocks. And I was thinking, I'm like, it might be a fight today because of the way he was attempting those blocks and almost hurting the Celtics in a way where it seems like you don't see that around the league too much. I don't know if it's because he's kind of green in the situation where he's trying to get these blocks be be aggressive, which I love that. But sometimes there's like a little, there's a thin line to like how much you can go at it and where you're putting your body out there and if it's gonna hurt the other guy. You know what I mean? Like those are things I think NBA players look at. It looks kind of awkward, but I love the aggression though today, man. Because the first shot he makes, all right, so he hits his jump shot, yeah, and you know the coach, you know KY Jelly's telling him like, hey, just take any any attempt tonight, or right? we need every today, everything you do out there. Is is acceptable. We want you to shoot as much as you can. His blocks are always great, but I love his uh, his take on Robert Williams. And it was like a reverse. I don't know what he threw it up yeah. like a left hand. Uh. It went in, and he started yelling at him. He looked, he stared him down. Yeah, aggressiveness. I I love it. And like even some of his blocks tonight, it seemed like he was snubbed on that one that was called goaltending, and then the one late against Jalen Brown, or I think it was Marcus Smart, where he he let he let the guy basically get the layup he let him drive and he was just standing there like, oh, i'm gonna get this shit and then the guy i think it was Jalen brown just went up with the right hand and then he swatted that shit 
Yeah. And then they called a foul on that one. And they well, yeah, called a foul to He, like, body, he body slammed onto Jalen Brown on that play. That was a different one. This other one, he didn't even have his body on him a little bit, but he timed it perfectly and he was called for a foul. So oh, was it the Marcus maybe, Smart one where Marcus Smart threw an elbow into his chin and they called it on Jalen Smith? Yeah, probably. Like it was that but play, yeah. Maybe. So I think the awkwardness of him trying to go up for the blocks needs to calm down a little bit for him to get a little bit more respect from the rest because it looks like out there he's throwing his body around and the rest aren't going to really put up with that if he's going to hurt some players or just, you know, put his body into the or the, gets the, or the body into team the isn't going to put up with it, right? I mean, that's your point. Like, there well, no, 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 the, the rest because too, because they're like, what's this guy doing out there? Yeah, but they're going to be like, what's this guy doing out there? Like, we don't, Playing we don't reckless. want you to throw your body. Yeah, you, you got to calm down a little bit. And I think he will. I, he's just been so fantastic, man. I, I love this crap. Bro. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I could, feel his, I could feel his nervousness, and it turned into this nervous aggression, aggression where he just was going, like, I'm going to do all, anything and everything. And to your point, like, he was kind of, playing with this this recklessness that I, I thought there was going to be a, a like Marcus Smart or someone was going to get in his face or something like I thought I thought Rob it, yeah. Williams was going to start trying to you know talk some shit to him because he was just kind of going all over the place uh, but as you mentioned you know he had that nice little 20-foot jumper just to start the game first first two points for the Phoenix Suns was a Jalen Smith 20-foot jumper it's like all right all right and then you can see a little bit of his lack of physicality when he went against a Horford on defense you know and it's like how do both DA and sticks not have the ability to move defenders off their spot when backing down? Like if they're on offense and they're trying to back somebody down, how come they're always the one who bounces off of the defender? Like I, you know, you see Horford do it to sticks and, and it's just like, give up ground, give up ground, give up ground. And like when sticks yeah. or DA does it like the defender pushes them away, like they repel off of them. I don't understand that. Maybe it's just a, a physicality thing. Horford really wanted that two points, though. I guess. That's why, I guess. Well, well, and then there was the one play where CP3, uh, there was a five-second violation early in the game, and CP3 like went up to sticks right after them. He's like, He was telling them like, how to be physical on inbound plays and how to like, use the swim move to, to create space and opportunity. And I love seeing yeah. that for Jalen Smith because, again, that's the in-game coaching that he's getting from a Hall of Fame point guard that does nothing but benefit him. You know, so... The, he he's a guy who had an opportunity again, second game in a row again, this time in a starting role and sees the opportunity. And one of our elite jamsters, Scott Klaus asks, uh, do you guys think the Suns are probably still going to trade sticks? What do you think of that, Matthew? Uh, it's tough because I mean, you draft these players and now he's developing into something that's worth having right on the court. So his confidence is up. He's going to get more um, minutes because even EJ said like Monty's sitting there at his house or wherever he's at right now with COVID and he's just saying, all right, like, I see you there. And I see that you can, you know, perform at a high level when needed. And yes. it's going to be weird whenever Aiden comes back, McGee, how that's all going to fit together. But you have a guy that's, he's reliable now. And if the chemistry stays together, we can go on some other win streaks this year. It's just before the trade deadline. Then it just seems like it's a guy you got to keep, right? But then I don't know, because if there's another guy out there, like a superstar potential that you can add him into a trade, it's going to happen. I think it's going to happen, even though he's been productive. And as Suns fans, as the organization starts to love this guy, he might be a guy that still is going to go. It's going to suck, but it's good for him, his career to get this opportunities. Cause we talk Bingo. about it all the time. These players need that opportunity. Like he's getting right now. It came down to COVID for him to get the opportunity, which sucks. But he has the opportunity. He's taking the most of it. He's he hasn't hidden in his shell. He's came out and he's played a great great game every time he's had the chance. So you know, going back to Scott's question, do you think the Suns are probably going to still trade him? Like I don't know. I really think that 
every game that he plays like this is definitely beneficial for the Phoenix Suns if they want to trade him, seeing as he's put together productive minutes. And you could have a struggling team take a look at him and go, hey, we can develop this guy. He has the foundation. That's yeah. what I've noticed over this past run. You know, again, I've, I've talked about this multiple times, and I'll say it one more time. The the career check marks are occurring for Jalen Smith. Okay, knowing that he's a big and it takes extra time for him to develop. Duh. Okay, great summer league, fantastic summer league, great preseason. And he's played well in the minutes that he's been provided, especially now that he's been playing meaningful minutes. So there's definitely some good check marks at the foundation of this guy. So, you know, his, his trade value has definitely increased during this time frame. Do the Suns utilize him to uh, make a trade? To your point, if they can add a, a piece that's going to allow them to win an NBA championship, you bet your ass they're going to. Uh, I do what, like Mario Lopez says in the chat. It says, not picking up Smith's team option was idiotic. Now his trade value won't be as high because he's a free agent after the season, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. point. So although Jalen Smith is playing well enough to increase his trade value, it can only reach so high of a level because essentially you're trading him to a team that knows that they have him for half a season. He is a second-year player rental, which is not something you see very often. You know, so there's no team that's, you know, unless they can sign him with the understanding, you know, or, or with the hope, you know, let's say it's the Spurs because everyone says that young again, I'm saying, I don't want that young. I've, I've made that determination after watching a couple Spurs games. Uh, but let's say it is that young. You could see the Spurs organization being like, Hey, Jim Smith, you know, we're going to bank on our organizational uh, capacity to, to develop players and, and our reputation to do so, to bring this guy here to sell them on the San Antonio Spurs experience, knowing that when we go into the off season, we're going to do everything we can to resign him and let him know right off the bat, when he arrives off that plane in San Antonio, that we want him to be a part of this organization moving forward. That's what you have to do. If you're an organization who's trying to acquire sticks. So it is kind of due to the fact that the Suns didn't pick up that trade option. It is a double-edged sword for them. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, man. Even if we do get a trade where, it brings in someone where, I mean, if he's anything, okay, so this is weird because Sticks is basically putting up numbers that look good in the box score, right? But then yeah. also, too, it comes down to crunch time when you guys need to actually have that body, not be a guy that's really awkward at blocking shots, but he's doing a better job of grabbing boards, too. So it's 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 very hard to even think about him leaving now just because he kind of improves game to game where last time where I was talking about him was like, he can't really grab the ball. He's losing a lot of balls whenever he tries to get a grasp on him. Right. Yep, yep. Now Just it like seems like he's used to, yeah. Now it looks like he's kind of inhaling them. So inhale those balls, you know, we'll see what happens sticks. We'll see what happens with you in the future, but either way, I mean, it's our team will be winning, right? Our team will be improved. Either if you keep him or we don't. Exactly. It's it's a win-win for the Suns if he improves or if they can trade for that ultimate piece. It's just a matter of what can they get for Sticks uh, in what combination. You know, is Dario Sarge still a sexy enough pick? Or do you go Sticks and Landry Shamit? Now we're talking Sticks and Landry Shamit. Ooh, that's going to be my next article for Bright Side of the Sun. I think so. The Warden. I was going to say, who who really quick? Who's the player that hated Landry Shamit? Who was the one on the Brooklyn Nets? Was it Kyrie Irving? Oh, I don't know. I have no Someone idea. didn't like him. It was James Harden or Kyrie. Okay. Well, anyways, what were we going to say about the Warden? Oh, I was just going to say, Mario Lopez also said that. He goes, Shamit's a future trade piece. Mikhail is not. Mikhail not showing up is more of a problem. And I think that if these last few games have shown us anything, Mikhail Bridges, 
as much as we love him, is a very, very high-end role player, right? Like, he's not a uh, he's not an offensive leader of a team. He's not somebody who you can count on to be your, even your third scoring option because, you know, these have been games in which he hasn't had an opportunity to be said third, or third scoring option, and he's just swung and a miss, hasn't he, Matthew? He has. Um He's a guy, really, I thought would be, and I'll mention this over and over again. I still think he can be. He got up from the floor again today, and I think it was Blaze Megatron that brought up maybe his back or something that's bothering him. It looks mm-hmm. like it's his back. But yes. He got thrown on the floor by Marcus Smart, but he sold it. But it looked like when he was getting up, like he's just like, God, this sucks. Something is up with his back, and I think that's that might be it. But the way that he's kind of fallen away from the mid-range and taking the ball to the hoop over these past games – it's crucial because when you come into this kind of game, you need him as a scoring option. I don't care if you believe, not you, but everybody believes it, whether he's a, a third or fourth uh, scoring option when Aiton's on the floor with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. He needs to get familiar with that, taking the ball to the rim and all that, doing more than just shooting the three. Because in this kind of situation, we need a close basket. He needs to be more comfortable with it. And a lot of it looked forced. He did a lot of in and outs tonight, right? From the whole Suns. Uh, team, even including Mikael Bridges, he had some rough goes with the ball going in and out. But that's something that, you know, it looked like he was just very uncomfortable at forcing those shots. So it might be the back. It might just be the fact that he knows he has to get shots up. He needs to help this team offensively. And that's a lot on his mind. So it's either one of those two things. That's why I always wanted him to do more of it that way when he gets in these situations. He's just absolutely comfortable. Yeah, just yeah. something that he'll be like, okay, give me the ball. I'll make a move. We can do a pick and roll. Let's keep working on that all season long to where I can be that guy. And that's what we needed tonight. And it's just you don't look his way offensively unless he hit, what was he hit, two threes tonight? Yeah, two for four. Yeah, but they were early. So, but Yeah, but even then it's just like it – yeah, it doesn't matter in, in, the, in that way, but you need him towards the end when they can't hit a three to get to the rim or do something else. Yeah, I just think that we're seeing a lot less hustle from him, and that could have something to do with his back, potentially. You know, you're not seeing him do the things that allowed him to be successful relative to the offensive end, uh, as he did earlier in the year. And and again, probably the part of that is his role in the offense right now. Like I said, you know, with Devin Booker and Chris Paul leading the way, you know, he should be the, the third option with no DeAndre Ayton there. But yeah. because of the spacing, he doesn't nearly have the ability to do what he normally does, which is cut a bunch, right? Like we're not seeing him do any of the, the baseline cuts, cuts or the backdoor cuts. He's doing a lot of the Landry Shamit where he's just kind of standing around and you're not getting any of that productivity from him. And again, this is another guy who this is this is the time. I mean, this is when he should be shining for us offensively. But at the same time, like, you know, that's not what we pay him to do. We pay him to be a, a defensive stalwart, and that's what he does well. And, you know, he had a couple good steals this evening or this morning or this midnight, whatever. Uh, but, I mean, again, it's just it's it's disappointing because you lose these games and you're like, man, if Mikhail had showed up, would we be in this predicament? But he just doesn't have the affinity to it. And to, the, and to your point, Matthew, I mean, he's not necessarily comfortable doing it because he's never been in the situation to be comfortable doing it. Uh And yeah, it's just, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to put too, so the only thing I'm going to take away from this game is just how fucking much I hate Landry Shaman. Because everything else is just, you, you, like I said, I fully, fully expected to come into this game having these conversations. So uh, shout out to Buck Dog, another one of our elite jamsters in the chat. Uh, Dropped, it looks like, is that 10 pounds? What is that? I don't even know what that 
symbol is. Uh, but he says, don't want to end t- 2021 on a downer after this game. Love you guys and what you do with the show. We appreciate that, Buck Dog. Uh, you rep us well. Happy New Year to you both and all the Jamsters, too. So uh, I want to talk real quick about Emmanuel Terry. Okay, so Emmanuel Terry is obviously one of the three players who are currently the, the COVID pickups, if you will. It's, it's Emmanuel Terry, MJ Walker, and Paris something or other. Uh, I think that's actually it's it's actually Francis something or other. Uh, but Emmanuel Terry, tell me. So he wears number twenty six, right? Any jamsters? Can you tell me the last guy on the Phoenix Suns to wear number twenty six without googling it? Real quick, Matthew, do you know who the last guy to wear number twenty six is? Was it Tom Gugliotta? No, he wore twenty four. Oh, okay, yeah, I have no idea. Googs. It's I'm Ray Spalding in two thousand nineteen. Ray Spalding, yeah, I don't no? remember him. I don't either. <laughs> But when when Emmanuel Terry comes out, tell me he doesn't look like Brittany Griner. Yeah, I know that's that was the thing when I think he played last year too, where people were saying that. So oh man, it was uh, Fab, Fabio Shannon Brown. Shannon Brown did wear twenty six for he? the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, but that was before Ray Spalding. But yeah, like at first, like yeah, he definitely. I was like, I was like, Brittany Griner's out there. He uh, had um, negative two points tonight too, where the ball went through the other side of the rim. Yeah, came up underneath. So, yeah, so good on you, man. You know, but again, it just it goes to show you that like that's who's backing up Jalen Smith today. You had Ish Wainwright playing some five, right? I mean, it's just like yeah. we were so unbelievably depleted. And don't get me wrong, like the Celtics are depleted as well. They don't have Jason Tatum. They don't have a bunch of their players, but they did have a lot of big guys available for them, and they utilized that to its fullest. And whether you believe that the NBA is is better because Steph Curry changed it and he spread out the floor, and it's all about the threes at the end of the day. The interior matters because when you miss those threes, people have to rebound them. And when you have Robert Williams, the third and Al Horford down there, and they're snagging up all the offensive rebounds and putting them back. The second chance points start out real quick, man. Oh yeah. Big time, big time. Preach. You know what? I'm kind of done preaching. I just want to enjoy my Mai Tai and go watch uh, some college football. So uh, on that note, let's go ahead and dish this out. Jam star of the game. So reminder, Jamsters, if you're listening along live, I mean, well, you're not listening live. If you're listening to this uh, later, make sure you subscribe, rate, review. If you're watching, please give us a thumbs up button. Now, I, I, I like what Nicholas uh, Blackiston says. He says, dude, the Suns should buy, should sign Brittany Grider to a 10-day contract. I 110% believe that. I really do. They should. Like, Brittany Grider should be the first female to play in the NBA because she mm-hmm. could do it. She could play power forward. Do it. You think so? All right. Yeah, why not? I don't Throw be her in there. She, no, you're not being. She's she's a uh, she's a beast, man. She's got the oh, attitude, everything, like big time. So yeah, let's uh, but, see that. Let's see. But it. Matthew, who are you giving your jam star of the game to? Oh, uh, Mister Walk on the Beach, uh, Cameron Johnson. Everything's just so easy for him right now, right? It's Walk just, on the beach <laughs> at the sunrise. You know, the way he is. Uh, you know, finishing plays on the offensive end, just running down the court. Like it's, it's something where he just expects it from himself now. And he just knows things are going to go well. He did have one block against him, but he just, he's, he's learning his ways on the offensive end where he's just helping out in so many different ways. It's kind of ridiculous. And we talked about before the year where really he would be something to watch, but I still don't think it would. I think I said this every podcast. I didn't think it would be this good, man. But yeah, I'm just I'm start. just happy that you're happy because I know at the be- about very happy through the first yeah. 10 games of the season. I feel like Cam Johnson was kind of we were all just kind of sitting around being like, well, so where's the mm-hmm. 
you know, where, 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 I said, the, wait. Yeah. I said, chill out. You're, 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 like, coming. you're, you're like, relax. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and sure enough, it has. Uh, I'm going to give mine to Jalen Smith, man. You know, again, okay. seven yeah. for nine, 19 points, seven rebounds. I mean, I thought he really played a solid game. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that there were always areas of opportunity for him. I felt so bad for him. You know, he's on the boards all alone. Every possession, he's just down there trying to grab rebounds. And to his credit, like he was doing a good job grabbing what he could, but there was no one down there helping him out. You know, the, no. the Suns would shoot. They're all hanging out on the perimeter. He's the only guy down low, and, you know, no one follows their shot in the NBA anymore. So, I mean, he did what he could with uh, very, very little help. So that's my jam star of the game. I'm going to go ahead and give mine to one Jalen Smith. All right, next up for the Phoenix Suns, they will be playing on Sunday. They are playing at Charlotte, Matthew. So uh, this is, you know, New Year, right? 2022. Here we go. Isn't that crazy, man? We started this podcast in like 2019. Yeah. No, it's not. It's like 2022. (laughs) I know. We've grown so much, huh? There's so much content out there that nobody listens to or needs to. But uh, (laughs) tell tell me what you're looking at as we get ready to play the Hornets once again. Uh, Because we just played them a couple weeks ago. That was the game in which Devin Booker returned to the lineup. Uh, is gosh, I'm gonna while you're talking, I'm gonna see who's yeah. even playing. That's what sucks about right now, man. It's like you just don't it, it does, playing. yeah. I'm pretty sure LaMelo Ball is still out there right now, so I'm actually looking forward to him and Devin Booker's continued relationship on the court. Mm-hmm. I'm just going back and forth where they have a little bit of attitude towards each other, so I like that. I want to see more of that. Of course, you got the Kelly Oubre thing you're gonna look at, but I want to see who's actually playing this game. Does this mean? How long does DeAndre Aiden have to wait? Like, how long do these players have to? Is it 10 games or, f- or five days or 10 days? I just, I don't know for sure, but I know you're looking that up right now. I like the fact that you come off a game like this where Chris Paul and Devin Booker didn't help their team at all. Like, they absolutely let them down. Just, you know, not, not on purpose. It's just they let them down by not being able to score the ball. Simple as that. So you're going to look for this game for them to come back and just unleash something where they can take over, really help this depleted team out because they need to. They need to help them out because they are the superstars of the team. We need to rely on them heavily again, but they just need to knock down their shots, dude. And that's really it. And you got to match this energy against the Hornets because the Hornets offensively are one of the best teams and they can get out, they can run, they can just defeat you in that way. Defensively, they suck. But if they get ahead of you again, like kind of like the Celtics did, and you're depleted on the front line, and these guys are high flyers, Miles Bridges, if they're even playing, Oof, he's again, out. Miles Bridges looks like again. So one F, thing that was re- was released this morning. Sorry to cut you off, Matthew. Oh, but you uh, always do. It's fine. Well, I'm sorry. I love you. I love you too. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. Uh, one thing that Adrian Wojnarowski tweeted out today was about the health and safety protocols and how the NBA is going to kind of try to navigate that moving forward. And he said something, I'm trying to find it exactly on my Twitter feed, but it looks like it's, you know, if you're asymptomatic, it's only going to be five days. So it says the NBA and the National Basketball Players Association have agreed on a new health and safety protocols that would further shorten the timetable for asymptomatic and vaccinated players to return after a positive COVID-19 test. Uh, Previously, such players would be cleared from protocols after seven days if testing data show that their cycle threshold levels were above 35. But the new protocols will allow players to return after five days if their CT levels are above 30. So there is less time frame and less restrictions on it. So, Mm. you know, so you look at the Hornets and uh, Miles Bridges didn't play on the 26th because he was out due to health and safety protocols. Scotty Lewis and P.J. Washington, the same. 
So they could be back by Sunday in that same breath. We could have DeAndre Ayton back. We could have Jay Crowder and Monty Williams back. So again, it's hard to sit in here and predict what exactly is going to happen. But you, you know, as you mentioned, the, the Charlotte Hornets are second in the league in points per game and they're last in the league in opposing points per game. They're third in the league in offensive rating. They're 29th in the league in defensive rating. So they're a team that scores points, but also gives points up. So, you know, that's one of those things that as we look at the next game that we can definitely uh, monitor is, is there's, there's going to be points scored. And this is a redemption opportunity for Devin Booker, who just had an off night tonight, which is very rare for him to go into TD Garden, a place where he scored 70 points once and have an off night like tonight. It's 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 a rare thing to see. And I honestly, I think that he was, you know, just. He was letting the refs get in his head a little too much. Oh, I mean, yeah. He, he, early he got in the game. Him early in the Paul. game. Yeah. Both of them were just, you know, I get it, man. You have to carry the weight of the team yeah. during these time, this time frame. And it's not easy. But Dan Booker, you know how to carry the weight of a team. You did it for five years before Chris Paul ever showed up. Uh, but he got another technical foul. Do you know how many, how many technical fouls Dan Booker now has? Does he have five? Is th- this was his six. So he had five entering okay. tonight. So okay. uh, I know you hate these kind of things, but. Can you guess mm-hmm. who leads the league in technical fouls? There's two guys tied with nine. Um, let me guess. I'll put a good guess out there. Uh, oh God, is it Kevin Durant? Just kidding. I don't know who is it. <laughs> that was that was lame. Oh man, uh, Joel Embiid. I was gonna say Joel. I well, swear. Why didn't you say it then? Because I don't. Shit. I went Kevin Durant. The it's guys always giving thumbs up Draymond last game Green. to each other. Draymond Green. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, it it's. Joel Embiid and one member of the Lakers. Can you guess which member of the Lakers it is? Is it Rajon Rondo? Just kidding. He's super quiet. He's never uh, on the know. floor to get teed up. Just no, guess. He just got traded the too. Uh, Ben's Bazemore. Who does My he God. play for? My God. You're so good. You're not good at trivia games. Uh, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony. Really? Which oh, is yeah, shocking. You you think he, Buck, Buck Dog says Westbrook. Uh, Sonia says Westbrook. Everybody thinks it'd be you know, Westbrook. No, it's, it's Carmelo mm-hmm. Anthony, you know, okay. so he's, he's got, well, he got two the... against us that one game and he got thrown out. So there's yeah, two true, true. Yeah, but it was and... funny watching this game. Did you see Dem Booker do the classic move that he does? It's like, I'm not, th- I'm throwing the ball to the other ref. Oh Did yeah. That that's play? so disrespectful. <laughs> he right? does that shit. And oh, and he it's does so it a lot. funny. The it's whole so funny. ball thing too, even in the NFL where they're trying to get the ball and like they just pass it to a different ref like on purpose. It's just well, yeah, it's it, it's dude. a slight little fuck you because again, you have a guy who just called Dem Booker for a foul or something, mm-hmm. and rather than giving the ball to him, he'll give it all the way across the court to another, you know, another referee. It's just it's funny. It's the the pettiness is pretty funny to me. The prettiness is pretty funny. So uh, yeah, absolutely. Sh- shout out to Ted Lubin, five dollars in the super chase. So Lissy can nice. upgrade his Chippendales New Year's outfit. Happy New Year mm. to you all. But I don't have to upgrade anything because it just basically comes off, right? For Chippendales. Oh, yeah. You know, you're not wearing much, dude. It costs yeah, like dollar store ahead. stuff. We're going to go ahead and start playing the music here pretty quick. Yeah. And just so. really quick, too. Um, so Devin Booker and Chris Paul are still on the floor, right, for the Suns. And the Suns are so they're, – they're the team in the NBA that actually plays as a team. That's what they're known for, yes. a real team. So I know it's like Devin Booker and Chris Paul, like, go win the game for us. You would think that they could – but they rely so heavily on each other. That's why I think it makes it so hard for this team when they're missing players. Because, I mean, if you go up against, like, you know what? Even if I think about it right now, in the NBA, there's not really a team 
I mean, maybe the Nets that are just heavily superstar, like they have their players where those two, like James Harden and Kevin Durant can win games, but even they have a hard time. I just don't really know a team that can rely on their superstars really right now that can win games when the other teammates are are gone. Like maybe the Warriors, maybe that, but I think that it's just it's difficult for Yeah, the Warriors guys against us out. on Christmas, yeah. But outside of that, like I mean, like, they I just don't... lost again too the other night. Everybody's losing because everybody's got people out. So there's no consistency. So you're right. It's it's across the board where you have these superstar players who are used to having the role players be effective for him, and the role players aren't there. You got Landry Shaman yeah. sitting there making campfires. So, but I just feel like three years ago it wouldn't be a big deal. Be like, oh, we have our superstars on the floor. We'll just go win the game because you're yeah, just so scared of those guys. True, but three years ago, like it's it's so the league is so affected by COVID right now that it, I mean, people are teams are so depleted. And you're right. You know, three years ago it feels like yeah, the team that had the most superstars could go out there and just dominate every night. But again, it's not happening right now because the role players, even though those superstars could dominate, you know, if you have Kevin Durant and James Harden, they combine for 80 points, you still need 30 to 40 points from other players. And those other players are inexperienced guys right now who are just getting their first shot at the game. You know, so, I mean, it it really is such a a very weird and unique time that we're going to look back on here in a couple months and we're going to go, okay, you know, again, this is why it was so paramount that the phoenix suns got off to the hot start that they did that they won 18 games in a row because we're going to lose some games right now it's just going to happen you know we're not going to win them all especially with major pieces being out like deandre you know you're the the guy who just protects the paint and and can mvp right yeah yeah our defensive mvp you know so with with these players out and this is across the league that's why like it really is dumb to bet on any sports right now it really is Uh, i shouldn't have bet on ledry I love how you hate Shamit so much. He, he, that's a big F you to you from him, right? He must have known that that the one bet for him to hit over six or six and a half. Six and a like, half. Yeah. Son but also, oh, most Suns just put CB3 and DA could have pulled it off. You know what? Maybe. I, I think they yeah. could have, though. I they think could've. they could have because you I'm have assuming an inside Devin Booker's now. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming he means like, or he or she. Well, but think about it. The, the Suns went out. five and two without Devin Booker. You know, because yeah. they have an inside-outside game. Right now, they just have an outside game. And if they're not knocking out jumpers, which they didn't tonight, mm-hmm. it didn't go down. You know, they, they beat the Thunder because they were knocking down those jumpers. Devin Booker wasn't hitting all the shots, you know, mm-hmm. and he put up nearly 40 points. So, I mean, that's the difference. Devin Booker puts up nearly 40 points today, we win the game. But yeah. he doesn't, we lose by 15. I mean, it's just kind of, it's the way it goes. So, uh, on that note, is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't think I even have... Oh, well, for the game, you know what? We went over a lot, John, so I'm not too sure. I know Alfred Payton had a good few drives and finishes. Uh, that was on my notes, so congrats hey, to you, Payton. Payton. Yeah, yeah, EP. thank you. Hmm. Well, and uh, I don't know one. if I mentioned the bow tie oh, tonight. Ahead. Oh, thanks for the thanks for the uh, bow tie shout-outs shout in, the, in the chat. Yeah, really Eddie Johnson actually liked it on Twitter. Did he really? Thank you. Yes, he oh, did. Are you serious? I swear to God, he liked oh, it on that's Twitter. The best like I've ever gotten. There you go. Thank Andrew, you. Andrew, you're right, right? Yeah, he got a look, good look at me, too. I don't know. I, I was very shy to put that picture of me on Twitter. So Check it out on Twitter. Check out Ma- at Matthew. Yeah. You'll, you'll get a, a very <laughs> shy picture of Matthew. So, well, here, here's one for you. Childhood trauma. Well, it is New Year's Eve, and obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a time to flush the year before and <laughs> prepare for the year ahead. Matthew, do you have any interesting New Year's Eve stories from your life? 
Oh, do you have one on uh, like already? I always you know, have something. All right, go ahead. Let me think of one because I didn't New know what Year's topic Eve. it was going to be. 2000 going into 2001 okay yeah i was i had just turned 18 years old and my best friend uh his his dad lived down in tijuana so i made my first trip ever down to mexico and for new year's eve we decided to go to downtown tijuana you want to know one place you should never go that is downtown tijuana uh we went to a strip club my first ever time going to a strip i've never been to a strip club in america ever in my life Mexico, yes. Korea, yes. America, no. Because uh, why pay for a boner, right? It's stupid. Uh, but my, you know, my buddy's one of those guys. He, he's that one guy who's just like, you'll be at the bar, and he's like, hey, man, let's go to the strip club. Mm-hmm. And you're like, no, man. Like, I'm at the bar watching the game. He's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's saying he just would disappear. And he'd be like, okay, I, you know, so-and-so's at the, I'm not going to say his name, but so-and-so's at the strip club. But anyways, we go down to the strip club in Tijuana on New Year's Eve, and you know, they do the whole thing where they blow the whistle, they tilt your head back, and they try to dump tequila down your throat. And then they're like, give me money. Oh, yeah, and so my buddy was holding up a dollar bill. And he was holding it up. And then, you know, the stripper's on stage. And he's pointing at me with the dollar bill. So the stripper takes me up on stage and sits me down a chair. All this for – and I have the dollar bill in my hand now. And she starts there. And she starts doing the, you know, the, the motorboat and son of a bitch kind of thing. And I'm just like, you know, I'm in front of everybody. It's so awkward. And then, like, she – pulls my pants down and rips my boxers and I instantly cover up <laughs> and then she, and you know, on my cover up, I have the dollar bill like right over my Johnson uh, doesn't cover it clearly. And she, she tries pulling the dollar bill away from me. And I'm like, no, no, that's my dollar bill. Uh, but I give it to her and then I get off stage and I told my buddy, I'm like, can we go back to your crib? Cause now I don't have boxers cause they're torn. I'm not walking around downtown TJ without boxers. And to this day, I know exactly what those boxers look like because they were my favorite pair of boxers. So I ruined them. I ruined them. Um, that's, that, that, that's my you, know, you told me that story time. before. and I, I think I did. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can top that. Nobody um, can top my stories. I'm you know, an interesting new, life. <laughs> you know, New Year's Eve has always kind of been fun. I've never had like an interesting story. I've had a lot of fun. You know, it's nothing yes. really to bring up on the pod, but um, I'll tell you about the first time. Um, yeah, I was 18. First time strip club. Um, I on was New Year's sitting Eve? there. No, no, I know oh, it's just, just New Year's Eve, but I just okay. don't have a good story, really. Okay. But I'll, I'll do a strip. Dad, turn this off, all right? Um, Mom, don't ever watch. I know you don't. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so first time I went, and I don't know, you're super nervous. I mean, I was. I was very, very nervous. And I was sitting there and at the stage and there was a lady up there and I was counting my $1 bills in front of her. Like I was just seeing how much I, I don't know why I was doing that. So she's like, you better Baller. give me some of that money. She's like, you better give me some of that money. And I was like, okay. And I put $1 up there. And then all of a sudden, like the next second, the dollar bills crinkled, crinkled up, crinkled, crinkled up and thrown back in my drink. Nice shot by her. Oh, dang. Splashes all we over me. could have used her tonight. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you should have gave me more than that or whatever. She was pissed at me. Jeez. And I'm like, oh, crap. So then I gave her like a 20 later. But it's funny because I went with guys from work. And then my whole, the whole rest of the year, my whole rest of my life is always like, that was my name. Better give me some of that money. Like every time people <laughs> see you. I just did not expect that. So there you wow, go. Wow, what That's an a angry little, stripper. Little story. Angry stripper. Yeah, it yeah, was rough. Happy New Year's, everybody. Strip clubs. <laughs> uh, Buck Dog in the chat. He says, I need to find the best bar in Phoenix to watch a Suns away game. Any locals have any good ideas? Uh, well, we're yes. both locals, Buck Dogs. So, I mean, it comes down to what part of the valley do you want to watch it in? 
I highly recommend mm-hmm. going to Marley's, whether you're downtown or you're up at Desert Ridge. Great place, great nachos, great food, great atmosphere, obviously, for a Phoenix Suns game. Uh, if you are in Old Town, Scottsdale, they used to have a I don't, I don't think they have that Marley's there anymore. Um, but there's places in Mesa. So, I mean, you can literally hit us up in the chat. Or, yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. Um, what's that place we went to for my birthday? There was the Blue Moon or what was it? Oh, the yeah. Moon? Half, yeah moon. Blue, Half Moon Grill. In Half the Moon Grill is good. And then also Phillies over here now with Tukey. Yeah, that's that a place damn is good pretty, place too. Great. If you want to watch any games there or any games, just go there. And there's a Half Moon Grill in uh, in Uptown too. But yeah, Buck Dog says, I'll be in downtown Phoenix end of January. Yeah, go to Marley's. Go to Marley's. That's the best place I can think of. There's there's a, a Twin Peaks there as well that's kind of catty corner from the arena itself. It's up mm-hmm. on the second story. You and I have been there for you know, to pregame yeah. before again. Yeah. That's a good place too. So either – Tilt to kill, uh, you mean? Or tilt to kill. Tilt- yeah, tilt yeah, to yeah. kill. Yep. I'm sorry. Tilt to kill or uh, Marley's would be good places. Mm-hmm. So uh, there you go. Uh, on that note, or just Jamsters, go to the game. Sorry. Or just, yeah, if you're there. No, he said it was an away game. So he, just, he wants to watch the, the game. At, oh, duh. Uh, I don't want to listen to this um, stuff. On that note, Jamsters, again, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for spending so much time with us during 2021. Uh, we got some fun, new, exciting things happening in 2022, which I'm going to tell Matthew here shortly because I haven't told him some of the ideas I had last night. Uh, but again, if you're watching along live down low, please hit that thumbs up button. Let's all the uh, subscribers know that you liked it and let's everybody know who's on the the YouTube where to find the best post game pod. On Planet yeah. Orange. Uh, make sure you follow the show on Twitter at Suns Jam. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lizzie. And on that note, we will see you next year. <laughs> we'll see you on Sunday when the Suns play the Horny Hornets. Uh, until then, everyone have a fun and safe New Year's. Yeah, everyone go home and give your family that money. <laughs>